0: Rubber boots? What does that mean? It's another reason to talk about the hurricanes, and this time it's because of something that they did on the ice during the game, which is cool. Nobody in Russia's named Craig... (laughs) What's up? We are back. It is the summer session of the Hockey Podcast Network here. Uh, Welcome back to Siren Sounder at Kane's podcast. Uh, You might have noticed some changes, music. Um, Yeah, so it's a new season, almost. It's like an in-between. A lot has happened. I guess I need to throw some updates out there just so you know what's going on. I'm officially back. We're doing this every week now. you know, for the rest of this little play-in, playoff nonsense, and then um, the season after that. So, we're back to it. You'll be getting episodes every Monday, and they'll be up the same places that they were up before. So, uh, nothing's changed. I took a little off-season break to give myself a break. A lot of things happened during that time, Um, and now here we are, starting back up again. So, uh, welcome back. Thanks for coming back. If you're back, if you're not, well... You won't ever hear this, and it won't matter. But um, just to give you a little update about things that have been going on in my life, a lot of things have changed. One, I'm a married man now. Uh, got married in June, so uh, yeah, there's that. It happened successfully. Uh, we got it, we got it done with the COVID stuff going on. Still got to be around uh, friends and family. It was, it was a good time, and uh, it was successful. And uh, now I'm locked down. You know. And it's great. And this is not a call for help at all, even a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that's, that's one thing that came up. So uh, congrats to me, you know, uh, since there's no one else in this room to say it. I'll say it to myself, congratulations to Zach. Uh, I became a verified artist on Spotify and Apple Music and all those sort of things. So um, I want to definitely pump that. Go check that out. Just search my name, Zach Tompkins, it's Z-A-C-H. T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S, and I put out a single at the end of June called Lucky. So that's my first single. I'm working on a bunch of stuff right now. There will be definitely more releases in the coming months, a couple singles, and I'm working on um, an album, if you will, an EP, whatever you want to call it. It's a bunch of songs that will get released at the same time. So if you're interested in that, I would implore you to uh, search that on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, literally anywhere you could stream music, it's there. Uh, it's on YouTube. You know, it's it's all over the place. Uh, go check it out. Support it. That would be phenomenal. Um, if you like it, or even if you don't, and you think someone else might like it, share it. That would be great. Um, just supporting me as a person and follow me personally on Twitter at and Instagram uh, at Tompkins T O M P K I N Z underscore um, and uh, yeah. That way you can keep up with all that stuff. Now that I'm uh, moving forward with that part of my music career as well, so um, you know, if you want to check that stuff out, I really appreciate it. It's it's awesome. If you do, if you don't, that's cool. It's not for everyone, um, but it's out there. If you're interested, thanks. So that's the end of that. Uh, Pretty much getting into it now at this point. Um, I don't. This is this feels weird. I haven't done this in forever. Uh, It's like I got to regain my mojo. You know. But, you know, I guess we'll just go down the line here. Like, what is there to talk about? Well, first of all, the NHL's back. So we haven't addressed that yet because I haven't been here in months. Uh, but the NHL is, uh, is up. We are Training camp is underway right now as we speak. Uh, the Canes have exhibition games at the end of this month. And uh, the play-in series against the New York Rangers best-of-five starts on August 1st. So they'll be playing in Toronto. Uh, best three of five against the New York Rangers. Um, and you know, winner of that goes into like a norm- more normal playoff situation. Um, so yeah, that's exciting, right? It's last time, so, so many months. Sorry for all the background noise, by the way. There's dogs, there's my father in law, <laughs> there's my wife in the living room. So, a lot of stuff going on, but we're going to get this done anyway, and it's all good. And even if things seem unprofessional at times, it's an, it's an illusion. It's an illusion. Uh, everything that's going on is 100% legit, and you should just not pay attention to background noises because, you know, they're in the background. It'll be all right. I don't even know also if you can hear some of these things like actually coming through because, you know, I know most of you listen to this like in your car or something and like I'm listening to it in headphones, so it's like very clear. And maybe sometimes you don't hear the dog bark and then I bring it up and then you're like, oh, I didn't know a dog bark. I wouldn't have said anything, but you know, I'm trying to be transparent and there we go. Um, But anyway, let's get into it here. Uh, You know, the first thing I want to bring up before we get into kind of the hockey play in series, whatever the heck you want to call it. They've said they were like, it's, it's considered the playoffs. And they're like, no, it's not considered the playoffs. And who knows what it is. But you got to win this to get into the playoffs. But before we get into that and talk about the games and the lineups and all that sort of stuff, um, I want to address a huge thing that's going on in the kind of Hurricanes world right now, and that is uh, the stuff going on with John Forslund. And when I say going on, it's not really going on as much anymore, but I want to talk about it uh, because it's really important to me. And, you know, maybe you're looking for a point of view on it, and I'm here to give that to you. So... This is it. This is this is this is everything that I think about this. John Foresland is the Carolina Hurricanes. John Foresland is the best play-by-play man in the business. No matter who he calls games for, that will always be the truth. He is just an unbelievable personality. He is just fantastic at doing play-by-play, which in and itself seems like such a simple thing right it's like literally telling you what's happening in front of your face but you can't do it I can't do it you know we would sound like idiots we'd be like oh, he's got the, I mean who wait who is that again and he's going over on the I mean in the right side it would sound terrible no one would listen to that John Forsland is so skilled at it that it makes you think that it would be easy to do when it's not at all um you know and his I mean you know his personality uh, if you're a Hurricanes fan and you have been for a while like I have, then you you just know John Forslund so well that what he brings to the team in the game is just like it, it's almost when I go to games, it's awesome to be there, but I'm also a little disappointed that I don't get to listen to John Forslund call the game. Like it's that. That's what it is. Um, so just such a big part of who the Hurricanes are. And when you think of the Carolina Hurricanes, like you're, you're going to think of John Forslund like he's just part of that equation. That's how important he is. And so that's the, that's the basis of all this. Okay. Um, the thing is when you, when you think about the hurricanes and, and what they've been through and yeah, there's been this revitalization of the brand and, and kind of becoming, you know, a national, you know, recognized brand and that people actually have respect for the team and people want to follow the team and, um, you know, the team can get national coverage and people tune in because they're a good team. And, it's fun to watch and people enjoy, like, you know, following them on social media and all that sort of stuff. That's great. But you and I, if you're listening to this and you're not four, uh, you know as well as I do that, you know, five years ago, that wasn't the case. And if you want to talk about dark times, uh, those, those were that as a franchise. And through it all were two people that made it bearable. And that was John Forzland and Trip Tracy. And thankfully, Trip Tracy, uh, you know, still under contract, you know, re upped with the team, and, and he'll be there next year and into the future, which is great because it would suck to lose both of them. <laughs> but um, this is no disrespect to Trip Tracy. He's also fantastic at what he does, he's got an amazing personality. And there's, I can very confidently say, there are no other people I'll ever meet in my life like Trip Tracy. Not that I've met Trip Tracy, but, you know, I, I wouldn't meet anyone like him if I did meet him. Uh, He's just a very unique person, and he's great. You gotta love what he does, Um, and also great at his job. But John Forslund just brought that credibility to the team. And in years where people could point out and say you haven't made the playoffs in ten years, and they could point out you know your best player is this guy and he's not doing anything, or you know you got a bunch of AHO guys playing on the roster, and there was nothing we could say to that. You know, it was there were so many things people could point to as flaws. You know, your owner's this, your coach is this, your your defense is this, your goalies are this, your forwards are this. You could say whatever you want. You could not, you could not listen to a broadcast and say anything negative because it was, it was universally understood that John Forslund was one of the, if not the best, play-by-play man in the game, and he's just respected all over the map by everyone except, I guess, Islanders fans last year in the playoffs when. He said, we're good, and he. people were like, oh, he's being a homer. Like, No, he was talking literally about what they said in the booth two seconds before that. If you had a brain, you would know. But uh, when we watch sports, we turn our brains off, and you know that. So it is what it is. Islanders fans, you're forgiven for being idiots uh, in that <laughs> stretch of that game. But anyway, uh, my whole point is he he brought credibility to a team that didn't really deserve it. And, you know, um, he, he has just been there like a rock to, he, he's like part of the team and, and, you know, the players have so much respect for him. I know that they love interacting with him and trip. And, uh, it's just, it's a guy you want around just as important as someone like Justin Williams is, you know, it really is the truth like that, that presence, uh, is important. And I know he's not like in the locker room and the game and all that, but he's around the team nonstop. And I know that these guys love him and, taking that away it's just a little bit of a blow to morale you know and also it kind of is like well if that guy being as valuable as he is if 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 they can't come to an agreement with him like it it's going to reflect as though you know if you're a player and you think you're worth something it's you're going to seem more expendable you know it's you're going to be more likely to look in other directions when it's time for your contract to come up thinking that well are they going to offer me what i'm worth because that guy to me is the best at what he does and they didn't offer him what he thought he was worth so like where am I in that you know I'm a third liner where do I fit into that um so I would have concerns about that and I don't know that that's stuff you think about if you're an owner that you know isn't a isn't a lifelong hockey guy or, or even a sports owner you know what I mean it's, you're a business guy it's not things that come up normally in business like this isn't how business normally functions we know that Tom Dundon doesn't like contracts he likes standard business practices like you, you're you're probably not under contract at your job right now and you know and th- at the expiration of it you have to renegotiate a new co- no you're you're probably just under salary or paid hourly and you're you're you know you might get a raise every now and then that reflects either you know how long you've been there or the merit of your your skill set and that's just kind of how business is, is it's a weird business practice to have people under contract for specific lengths and at a specific cost. you know it's it's weird. Um, but it is what it is. there's a business side of it too and and you know you can't overlook the fact that the team took a huge hit with like zero income for a while here. Uh, these games being canceled like that hurts. Uh, for sure. You got no televised games. You got no people coming into your arena. You got no concessions. You can't do any of that. So um, that hurts. You still got to pay people. And and that's a big amount of money coming out. And you could say what you want about, oh, this guy's got all this money. A dollar is a dollar. And it still hurts. And you got to make it up somewhere. Uh, Nobody's getting into a business for charity reasons, you know, not a a for-profit business. No one's getting in being like, I'll just donate all my money to the the organization like no no, no you're, you're trying to make money off of it or else you wouldn't have bought the team so I, I understand that but what I don't know that Tom Dunn understands the well as the rest of us and I don't know that it makes sense for him to and I understand why he wouldn't understand uh, as confusing as and convoluted as that sentence just got uh, he, he can't understand what John Forslund is to this franchise and this fan base he can't because he hasn't had the same experiences that the rest of us have uh, but, you know, when I think about moments in Hurricane's history, if I wasn't at the game, uh, my memory of it is a John Forslund call, you know, and my memory is uh, that guy in the booth and, and he's he's the reason why I tune into games and I'm so excited to, like, hearing, just hearing that initial intro into the game broadcast is just like, it makes you so excited to watch it. and uh, you know, thankfully, we have great people like Mike Maniscalco, um, still Trip Tracy, of course, and, um, you know, uh, someone like Abby Labar who can fill in for Mike Maniscalco and do a great job at what she does. Um, that's that's awesome that there's pieces there to fill it in, and I guess that's where the, the business side comes in. But uh, none of those people can or are going to try to or would ever say that they were replacing John Forslund because John Forslund is one of a kind. So... You know, it's it's a divide, I guess, between the business budget standpoint and what is this guy really worth? Like, I don't think that John Forslund's asking for, you know, $60 million a month. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I don't know broadcaster contracts. I'm ignorant on that stuff, and I'm not going to claim to be an expert on it. Wouldn't make sense for me to. Uh, but what I do know and what I can say as a fan is that... Um, you can't, you can't overstate the importance of John Forslund in this franchise's history, and it's always upsetting when someone's recognized like that, and you know, no, and just steps away, and it could have, it could have been like John Forslund wanted to be here. So like, why isn't he? You know, you always have those questions, and um, you know, I'm not going to defend ownership. I'm also not going to pretend like I have all the details and I can make every judgment call. You know, I'm not going to judge their decision like that because I don't know what went into it. I don't know what discussions were had, but based off of what John Forsen said, it wasn't much of a discussion. It seems like his agent presented their side of what they wanted, the Hurricanes presented what side of what they wanted, and and there wasn't a compromise, you know, offered at all. It was like the team was like, this is what we can do. And that's upsetting to me to think of it like that because, you know, a guy who's given this much to this team, like, I feel like you owe him a, a little more of, desperation of of trying like I get it if you have x dollars to spend like just fight harder for it you know I would understand if it was like you know negotiations went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and we tried to do throw everything we could at it but it just the numbers don't work out that would be more respectable to me but that's not what happened what happened is you know radio silence for months and now all of a sudden the guy's just not an employee anymore and uh you know you see his bio on twitter as nhl and nbc and that's just disappointing and it's always gonna be disappointing um but you know you also have to look at it as can the hurricanes compete with you know an an n b c contract you know I'm sure n b c's been looking forward to this day for a while because he does a lot of work for them, but being able to retain him you know in their main lineup of of you know constantly calling games, and the writing was on the wall for this for a while eventually uh there was no way that the hurricanes could match. You know, a national deal where this guy's calling games for a national broadcast. You know, multiple times a week. So, you could look at it as inevitable, but I just, I still don't think the team fought hard enough to get some level of agreement done. You know, and that is what it is. But it's just upsetting, I guess. And that's that's my spiel about John Forsland, If you were wondering where I stand on that. Um, all right, let's get into actual hockey here obviously the hurricanes are going to take on the rangers uh at the beginning of august and uh it's going to be an exciting matchup there's been a lot of talk back and forth obviously not a great season series against the rangers right uh didn't win and didn't look all that great and henrik lundquist so uh what do we have to look forward to well team's healthy other than brett pesci at least for this first series um but you know other defensemen we traded for because Brett Pesci wasn't there, and they're healthy. So it's it's a good situation, I think, for the roster. The roster is really good, looking as good as it could be, other than Brett Pesci, of course, um, which is definitely a huge blow. But uh, it's not like you just lost him and had nothing. You have pieces there to fill in. Um, so just kind of looking. I mean, th- look at this decor right now. This is what we've got. Slavin Hamilton, Shea Votnin, Gardner, Van Riemsdyk, Flurry Edmondson. I mean, that's a decor. That is outstanding. And uh, you know how how much will Brady Shea step up against his former team? I think that he seems motivated. I I thought that he you know uh, started to. He had his moments, you know. Um, I I won't give him an A plus, but you know a B minus in the regular season of the few games he played with the team um, and all this and the train a training camp, you know. These guys that came over at the trade deadline, like the benefit of a, of a training camp before playoffs, like can't be understated. That's huge for a team that was very active at the trade deadline and has a lot of important pieces that they need to produce. Uh, that came in and are just joining the team for the first time. Like that's huge to get into the system and see it. I think that uh, you're going to see guys like Vincent Trocek have you know more success than they had before because. You just get integrated in the system. You're not confused anymore. You're you're just a part of it now. Like you've been a member of the team. You know what's going on. Uh, Shea, same thing. Sammy Votnin, Uh obviously hasn't gotten any you know game time with any of his teammates, but uh, the guy's a really good NHL player. So like, I don't expect for him to not. He can do it. Obviously, he can jump in and, and do it. Uh, and I would expect him to to do that. So uh, it's exciting to see what that defense is gonna. Uh, be able to produce uh, the last two here are Hayden Fleury and Joel Edmondson and uh, those are two really good guys to have kind of on the outside looking in and uh, I think I expect a kind of 7D you know a rotation of sorts it's also this is it like it's it's win go home so um, if somebody doesn't look up to stuff or uh, is dealing with a you know a little nagging injury or something you have reinforcements that you know i wouldn't hesitate to throw in i could also see them going 7d and uh 11 forwards I could see them doing that I'm, i've never been a fan of that just because i don't like what it does i think they're in the playoffs especially you need four lines and throw them out you know a lot um but whatever they do it will be probably the best case scenario for them I'm sure you hear my wife in the background yelling. We just got a new puppy a few weeks ago, and she's insane. So, if you hear random noises out there, it's probably what it is. Again, I could be pointing out things that you're not hearing, and bringing you know to light the inefficiencies of this operation. But it is what it is. So you're here, and you're not leaving because of that. Um, but yeah, you know, a guy like Hayden Flurry, such a great. Second half of the season, and uh, how do you sit him? But I tell you how you sit him. I mean, you got Jacob Slavin, Brady Shea, and Jake Gardner in front of him. I mean, I know that people are probably screaming at me like Jake Gardner, Flurry was playing better than Gardner. Okay, but he doesn't bring the same stuff that Jake Gardner does, and and there's just no ex- ex- well there's no substitute for experience. Is the sentence I was trying to form right there? Um, it's it's not the same when you're when it's your first playoff run, you know, Hayden Flair was in Charlotte last year for the, for the playoffs. So, uh, got his fill there and did great. Um, you know, he also was with the hurricanes, obviously first stint, but not in the same role that he was the second half of the season. Um, so he, he did great. I think he proved that he's a full-time NHL level defenseman. And that's fantastic. That's what we've been looking for from a first round draft pick for years. And, you know, defensemen always, Tend to take longer to kind of grow into their role, so uh, not unexpected, and, and nothing against him at all. He's he's been good, uh, but you you want to lean on experience in the playoffs and guys who have been there before. And all these guys have been there before. Um, and you know you might point to a guy like Jake Gardner and say he always hasn't always uh, lived up to the you know the pressure of the moment, but it, he's also a different type of player than Flurry, and he's a guy you'd want available for a power play you know, and stuff like that. So if anything, someone like Sammy Votnin maybe, but you also have to think about your lefts and rights. I know people are probably screaming about Trevor Van Riemsdyk and how he shouldn't be in, but he's a righty. And uh, Hayden Fleury, I think you've seen him play and much better on his natural left side than, you know, his offside. So I wouldn't throw him in there on his offside. I just wouldn't. Uh, that's what this training camp's for, and that's what, you know, the little bit of uh, exhibition action that this team... Gets to do is for it's like a mini, you know, it's a preseason before the playoffs. Get yourself figured out, figure out where your lineup is, and uh, go from there. I, I, I've heard a lot of people speculate that you might see, you know, a Jake Bean or someone like that. I, unless there is four injuries, I that's not going to happen. And I don't even understand why that's in the conversation. And people are like, well, why? Why not? Why wouldn't you? Like, why would you? Why would you do that? Why would you throw in a guy with almost zero NHL experience into eight? NHL-ready defenseman already, just because. Why would you do that? No, you wouldn't do that. You know why you would do that? Because you're a bad coach. And if you're a person who thinks that they should do that, that's why you're not a coach. (laughs) Because that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, And it's just the disconnect between being part of the operation and and playing the game and everything and being a a follower of the the sport. Um, But... It is what it is. It looks like they've been rolling with uh the top line of Aho Svechnikov Teravina, so that's exciting if that line can produce. Um, I mean you think about where what that line could have been doing early in the playoffs last year before Svechnikov went out uh against the Capitals. Uh, obviously he had an amazing first game, right, with the two goals uh that that pushed overtime when or sorry, got them closer to uh, you know, a comeback when they when the game was looked like it was just lost and and just a stinker, right? And from game one. But uh it's it's good to see those guys paired together, you know. I, I'm curious about a Trocheck. I'm curious about a Dzingle. How do these guys come back? You know, do they come back like it's a fresh season and, and and have more of their stuff that you expect from them at this level? Or do they come back kind of with more of the same you know mediocrity i don't want to call turchick mediocre i thought that he started to come on it's such a hard transition being traded in the middle of this, not not even the middle of the season like almost at the end of the season joining a new team with no time you usually have to jump in like the next day and play a game guys you've never played with before system you've never had any experience with at the highest level of the sport like that's it can't be overstated how difficult that is so when guys come in and struggle for a couple weeks or a month or whatever like duh that's the reason why some of these trade deadline deals, I question what teams are thinking when they make these rental deals, even these really good players. I'm like, he's not going to be there's a pretty good chance. He's not going to be just this amazing per-. Like when the blue jackets traded for Dzingel last year and they were like surprised that he struggled. Like, what do you expect? It's, it's so different. And it's such a high pressure role that like, you expect this guy just to jump in and, and roll with it on a brand new team. He doesn't know anything about you guys. He doesn't know anything about your system. And you're just expecting him to be like, yeah, play games and just get it, dude. Why can't you just get it? Like it's the hardest <laughs> it's the hardest sport to do that in. Um so you know, I, I like that's I like this kind of startup for guys like that to kind of get get themselves going. You know, I like that we have a healthy Martin Oak and a McGann and energy guys like that. Uh, you know, a guy like Saku Manilen or or Greg McKegg who will be playing for the other team would be useful like they were last season. But hey, uh, you know, even a Morgan Geeky is is there if you need him. Uh, to step in and, and be an energy presence who obviously can also deliver um, you know they they have uh, like a Ryan Suzuki in the lineup um, you know in this training camp with the expanded roster and I like it you know get it's an excuse to get the kids some some action and be part of the organization as much as you possibly can but uh definitely don't expect them to draw in at all unless there's a lot of injuries and there's the puppy bark and I know you can hear that for sure that was loud but uh wouldn't exp- I mean, again, why would you? Like, why Why would you? Kid has no NHL experience. Why would you do that? Unless you absolutely have to, and then if you have to, I'd probably still go to someone, um, you know, that has <laughs> some NHL experience, like a geeky or someone like that. Um, anyway, there's a kind of a preview for you who I'd be worried about on the Rangers. uh, You know, Zibanejad, Panarin, the usual suspects, Henrik Lundqvist if he starts in that, but I think they're going to start Shisterkin. Um, and he's looked good. So, uh you know, the Rangers are no slouch, but I think that the the Rangers would have been better off playing this, you know, just straight off of the regular season before. They were they were hot, they were they were, you know, coming into their own, they were playing so much better in the tail end of the season than they were, you know, in the beginning and the middle of the season. Um, and you want to continue that. At the Hurricanes, you know, they were hot right to end it, but um, you know, they were dealing with injuries, they were just doing their best to get through it. And now they have their full team, and you know you think about the Hurricanes at the beginning of the season; they were killing it, one of the best teams in the league, and they started off five and zero, and they were just outscoring everyone like it was nothing. And the defense wasn't necessarily fantastic, but uh, you know, hopefully, we iron some of that out at this point. But I think I think it it favors the Hurricanes this this break uh, as far as this matchup goes. And I will say that um, once what once these teams get past this first uh, anything can happen like anything can happen in this in this weirdo playoff scenario it absolutely anything can happen um and you know if you can win three out of these five games like go win the cup it, like it's it's that's what it is it's gonna be just as difficult to me to to get yourself into this playoff situation as it is to to carry yourself through like it's it's not just a normal in unless you're the penguins and you're playing the uh canadians because why are the canadians in this um also Sidney crosby left practice and the the league's got this this you know privacy non-disclosure thing for any sort of health or injury concerns and uh, i think that has to do with you know players not wanting to be called out or you know kind of bring to the spotlight if, if there might be any chances that they could have tested positive for anything or, or whatever the case is but um You've been seeing a lot of these things, like Sidney Crosby left practice, and the team's just like, we can't comment on it, but he's gone, and it's just like, uh, does, is he sick or like what did he hurt his leg? Like, there's no direction, and it just makes you assume, like, okay, I guess he's dead. Um, Pavel Buchnevich, same thing. So that's that's a big deal um, for those teams, but it's a weird it's a weird policy. Like, I get it, but it also the teams are still coming out and being like, Hey, we'd like to officially tell you this guy wasn't there and we're not going to comment. Why? And obviously the first thing you're going to think is like the worst possible scenario. So it's almost like not helpful because now instead of people just knowing the truth and being like reacting to the truth, now they're just like assuming whatever (laughs) they might think and being like, well, that must be the truth now. And now they don't know the real truth. They're just speculating on it. So it's just interesting balance there. Um, but whatever the case, those guys have been in and out. So uh, you know, maybe I don't know, but it's not like the Penguins haven't been able to win a million games without their best players already. So I feel like they could pl- they could throw the freaking baby Penguins out there and uh, have still win somehow. I don't know how they would do it, but they would they would do it. Like I've said before, if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that the the Penguins uh, made a deal with the devil that backfired on the devil, and now they're just good. So. Um, you know, it is what it is with those guys, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how much more we can really get into here, um, I'm really excited for this action to start up, and, uh, I'm bummed about John Forslund, and that's what it is, uh, so, there it is, I did an episode, it's Monday, have a great work week, if you're working, if you're not working, have a good week, you know, the week still exists, even if you don't work, uh, and let's look forward to this season. Um, also, the people, people giving, the Hurricanes took their team picture with masks on because, like, like, they're in a closed facility and they're right next to each other. And also, if any of them get sick, it literally ruins their career this season. So, and people were like, oh, these guys are, these guys, are, first of all, call, calling any professional athlete a pansy or anything like that, like, thinking of that, thinking that that is like the end all be all insult is such a it's just such a like masculinity like just stupidity masquerading as masculinity i guess is what i would say like the tough guy there's nothing worse to me than the the quote unquote tough guy who says all these things and it's just like you, true toughness people just see it you know? It's like the guy on the basketball court that's like I'm the best at this game. Like I'm the best player on this team and it's just like, you know, if you were really the best, people would just know. You wouldn't have to tell us. The fact that you feel the need to tell us means that you're insecure about the fact that you're the best because like if you really thought you were the best, you it would just be evident, you know? Like you don't need to you don't need to constantly tell us. So the the, the guy that constantly needs to like reinforce how tough he is, like you're insecure. Because if you weren't, then, you know, You wouldn't feel the need to constantly tell us every six seconds about how tough you are and how much of a wuss everybody else is, you know? Like, just let people live their lives. But also, you're not a wuss for wearing a mask. That's the dumbest thing ever. Also, these guys are, like, beating the shit out of people on skates. (laughs) It's the hardest sport to play. So, like, they're not wusses. They're actually way tougher than you are. Like, insanely tougher than you are. It's not even a question. So, when you call them a wuss or a pansy or whatever uh what are you then you know I mean ooh, you put yourself real low when you do that um but of course they're wearing masks dude and it's not a people are like oh it's a political thing they're puppets like what it's, a, it's just a rule and also like I don't care what you think about masks and if they're useful or not you know I'm not here for a political debate of like I've been clear about that Everything. I'm not. I'll, I'm willing to state my points of view on things, but I'm not here for political stuff. I I'm independent. Okay. I don't I don't pull one way or the other. So you're not gonna get me. I, I think what I think, and it's not gonna change. Um. I don't care whether you think that masks make it better or not. Like I don't I'm I don't care what that debate is. I'm fine with the fact that people could debate that. Whatever. Have your opinion. But there's there's no. There's no side of the argument that says that they make it worse. So in a world where if one of you gets sick, it literally derails everything that you've been working this entire calendar year plus for. Uh, (laughs) And all you have to do is wear a piece of fabric and it hopefully minimizes it. And if not, it doesn't get any worse. Why would you not do that? It's the simplest thing ever. You literally just strap it. I mean, it's so easy. Like yeah, it's kind of annoying, but you also kind of get used to it. And also like it's not for an extended period of time. So like, who cares? Just do it. You know? Why would you? They all want to do it. Trust me. All these guys want to do it. They're not being told to do it, and they're like, oh bummer, I gotta put that thing on again. They're like, I will do literally anything to give me any a zero point zero zero one percent less chance of getting this disease. I will do anything. If you were like, hey, you gotta do fifty seven jumping jacks and jump through a ring of fire when you walk into the the arena, the practice rank, you know, before you get onto the ice and it reduces your chance of getting COVID by .000074%, they'd be like, yes, please. I'll do it. I'll do it 20 times in a row. Like, wh- of course. These guys don't want anything to do with that. Like, they want to get into this bubble. They don't want to be separated from their teammates or their family or whatever for 14 days. Nobody wants that, okay? So it it's just stupid, the, the idea that they're being you know, manipulate, like, trust me, they all want to do anything that even has a chance of making it better. And if it doesn't make it better, whatever, it didn't make it worse. It's not like when you pull on a mask, you're like, you know, a magnet to germs. It doesn't make any sense. Who thinks that? No one thinks that. So therefore you can think that a mask doesn't do anything, but it doesn't make it worse. And it has a chance of making it better. So wh- why would you not do it? You know, I mean, I just don't, your whole career rides on it. Why would you not do it? It's not, if you get sick, like your, your, your year doesn't end. If these guys get sick, like, that's it. They're they're done. They're done until, you know, months. And, and this contract year is, is a bust for them. Uh, they don't get to, you know, have any value and therefore increase their stock. And if you get sick, like, your boss isn't going to be like, well, I guess I'm not giving him a raise next year. <laughs> so, and if he was, I think you would probably do anything you could to not get sick. So, just like, duh, come on. Use your brains, people. Uh, but anyway, that's a solid 36 and some change minutes, so... I appreciate it if you've listened this far Uh, again every Monday. uh, Check it out, Hockey Podcast Network. Follow Hockey Podnet on Twitter, Instagram. Um, You know, there's plenty of stuff coming out. There's so many shows in this network, one for every NHL team. And there's plenty of non network shows as well uh, that are always really interesting and really cool. And uh, actually, some big names. In the lineup, so so check it out if you haven't yet. I mean, you if you're listening to this, great, I appreciate it. But uh, do the due diligence of checking out the rest of the network and seeing what it has to offer because uh, you know don't replace me. If you're gonna if you're thinking about oh it's either this show or that show, then pick this one for sure. Uh, don't give the other show the time of day. But um, you know, if you're if you're interested in kind of expanding your podcast palette, if you will, I would definitely look uh, at all the other shows on the network because uh, so much work goes into it, and um, you know the product is good, so you should check it out. And again, um, follow me at SSKane's Podcast on Twitter to follow the podcast. If you want to follow me personally, uh, it's at Tompkins T O M P K I N Z underscore on uh, Twitter. And Instagram, and uh, check out check me out on Spotify, Apple Music, all that sort of stuff. I would really, really, really appreciate that. If there was any call to arms for this episode, it would be to do that. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Napster, even uh, somehow that still exists. I don't know, but it, it said it was on there. Uh, and uh, you know, check out all those things. I would really appreciate it. The single "Lucky" is out streaming now. Um, you know, get that play count up. Give me them checks. Give me them checks. Them checks. Uh, and i'll see here talk to you guys won't do any of those things except for the last one uh next monday so take it easy until then looking forward to getting back into the swing of things and coming to you guys for some hurricanes content so be easy my fam that was the worst outro.